It's our turn. Welcome to the Women of Gaming podcast. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. How are y'all doing? Another Thursday with us. Another Thursday it is. We have a lot to talk about today. We do. I wanted to start this off with a gifted sub. So let me know who gets it. Alrighty, so thank you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We wanted to say hi. We wanted to cover a few things before we started our show. It is the Marine Corps birthday. So happy birthday, Marines. Happy birthday. Um, The Marine Corps. And um, since tomorrow is Veterans Day, we also want to thank um, everyone for their service. All of our vets out there, like Desiree, for example. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday, Marines. Semper fight all you out there. It's your uh, birthday too as well, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. 247, I believe, this year. Yep, that is correct. That's a big one. We're getting old. We're getting a bit closer to that uh, that 250. Mm -hmm. Oh, you were talking about the Marines. Yes. I thought you were talking about yourself. Uh, I mean, yes, but no. Why? Like, Wait a second. <laughs> so, yes, everybody who um, serves, serving, you know, thank you. Thank you uh, for your service, veterans. Thank you. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you to every one of you that has served, past, present, and those of you in the future will be thanking you in years to come. Um, so... This week's episode is going to be a little bit different from what we've done in the past. Um, We have some exciting stuff. We've got the giveaway, thanks to Sammy. Uh, But we're going to be touching on a little bit of a heavier topic later on in the episode. So we do want to give a couple of warnings that there is going to be discussion about um, potential triggers warnings or trigger topics like suicide, for example. Um, We will give you more warnings before that happens. Yes. So for now, we're just going to jump right into, uh, what's what's that game? Thor, Ragnarok, something or another, Thor? not Thor. <laughs> I did. Well, <laughs> completely different franchise. <laughs> I know, I know. God of War, Ragnarok. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, God of War, Ragnarok, for those of you who don't know uh, too much about it, uh, This is a continuation uh, from the 2018 game that PlayStation came out with. Um, This is probably the most anticipated game of the year, um, other than possibly Callisto Protocol coming out on December 2nd, which we will probably be talking about next week. Um, But uh, God of War Ragnarok takes place um, in the north, obviously. Um, Forgive me, I know about the game but i have not played it can i, I don't pause you just real quick right there yeah um i just wanted to shout out to the greatest virtues their comment they said hey oh what's a pleasure meeting y'all in vegas i just watched last week's podcast and it was awesome so thank oh, you thank you oh, i'm glad hey. that we met you so thank you very much <laughs> thank you for tuning in um so this is uh, kind of Atreus's journey on trying to find out who he is. Um, so we know he is uh, the son of Kratos, and uh, I believe it's Laufe is his mom. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I have not played these games. so. <laughs> but um, he's trying to figure out who Loki is. Um, because he is of, um, Greek descent, I believe, or Spartan, uh, the Spartan rage and stuff that, uh, Kratos is from, from the original God of War and the God of War 3 and stuff like that, too. So this game has been getting nothing but phenomenal reviews. Um, so... People love Kratos, man. Yeah, so there's a lot. What's kind of cool is that in the first game, we see a lot of characters like Sigrun, uh, you have to defeat... Uh, her and the Valkyries. Um, you also have to uh, you get you go up against like uh, there's like a boss dragon, Baldur's dragon, and then there's like three other dragons that you have to free. 
the game is just uh, phenomenal, and it goes very, very deep into Norse mythology, which is what's amazing about this, um, because oh, a lot of us nice. love, yeah, a lot of us love, you know, are intrigued by Norse mythology for a lot of those who have watched Vikings or The Last Kingdom or something like that, you know, so um, uh, this game, uh, we will be giving away a free code, so stick around until the end. Yeah! Um, until the end of our, our episode today. I could talk about this game so much more, but we, we do have uh, some something very interesting to talk about today. So stick around till the end. Well, um, we will, oh, go, go ahead, Des. I just, so I am not a PlayStation player, but I'm curious, the images that we're seeing here, is this something that if I were to pick up a PlayStation controller, I could expect to see in the game itself? This is, so this is the solid state drive graphics on the PlayStation 5. So this is what wow. makes the PlayStation 5 so desirable. Um, the Series X also has very similar, but the thing that Xbox doesn't do that PlayStation does do hey, is they give us they give us amazing single player story mode games like God of War and like Horizon Forbidden West. So all of this, like you can even see like even back into that cave back there, which I believe this looks almost like Tears Temple. Um, but into the, the back cave there, you can see all of that stuff. You know, it's, it's crazy how amazing all of this graphic, I, I don't know how these developers do it nowadays, but this stuff I'd like is to uh, so. highlight a comment there. Um, oh, yeah. Gothashare says, Elden Ring is also a strong contender with this game. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes, is. Absolutely is. Yeah, it definitely um, is. I'm just I blown away by the graphics. nothing like, scary cool things from Elden Ring, so. Yeah, the Souls, uh, Souls games in general like are amazing. And that, let's, if you scroll back up really quick, that picture with, mm -hmm. with the girl, so that's actually Freya. That's Freya attacking oh. Kratos uh, in the midst of Baldur. You know, she's basically a mourning mother because Baldur is dead. So, you know, that's kind of that whole interaction. We actually briefly see her in the trailer, too. So that's kind of cool that they've got that there also. And I love the detail on his Leviathan axe. It's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. All of it is. I'm just I'm very blown away by the graphics quality in yeah. this. Um, yeah. Again, not a PlayStation player myself, but I absolutely can admire and just fawn over, you know, what what I'm seeing in front of me. And yeah, I, no, that's amazing. I mean, honestly, I might want to check it out. Like, I maybe need to find a friend with the PlayStation it, so I can see this. Can so see if you win tonight, call me. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely one of those games that it's worth picking up a PlayStation 4 or 5 to play. But five if you want the full you know graphic inducing sort of aspect of it and almost i almost kind of wish this was virtual reality in some senses because i'd love to go to those places you know so yeah it's it's pretty sick i'm sure? i'm a big fan already and all right. all right so like we said we're going to be giving away the code and the code is for a digital copy of the game that'll be working for a ps4 or a ps5 Mm -hmm. um, oh, I just wanted Moxie to ask uh, Papa Ski, uh, you've played Elden Ring? Do you have it downloaded? Is it hard? Because <laughs> I've been wanting to play it. So uh, I, I played Dark Souls and that if is If you play third... Dark Souls, you should be okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's yes, welcome to everybody to who's just tuning in for the first time. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Um, what are the it's roles? Like the first episode for you guys to turn to turn into. Oh, uh, I think it's for God of War. The raffle. We'll we'll get into that more at the end. Um, yeah, at the I end we so. kind of do this thing where we just like we make you do a hashtag through Streamyard and you just enter it in in the chat and then it'll go ahead collect your cues and then it'll do like a roulette like thing, just a random picking and it'll pick your name if you if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, so when, right. we, when we get to that point we'll let you know what the hashtag is it's usually just hashtag wog um don't put it in until we tell you to put it in because i'm going to have Streamyard, our streaming server actually collect all of the entries and then we'll share that screen so that you can see the wheel going through and it randomly selects yeah um, but that being said we do have a really interesting episode to still unfold um mm -hmm. but we do need to touch on those disclaimers that i mentioned earlier so I just want to let everyone know that Women of Gaming 
does not condone nor seek to promote suicide ideation in any way. Um, and that also includes self-harm. So if you're struggling with these issues, then we you know, strongly encourage you to seek help. There is um, a number of different hotlines and online services that you can reach out to if you do feel like you're in a time of need. Um, and with that, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your friends and family because more likely than not, there's always going to be somebody that you know that is more than willing to sit there with you um, through those hard times, you know, hear you out. And if you do need to be anonymous for any reason, then we have um, a crisis text line that you can use. And I'll go ahead and bring that up on the screen. And this is good nationwide. So you would text home to 741-741, and that's going to connect you with the volunteer that can help you through that moment. And You can also you know, it's, it's, call 988. Um, that mm -hmm. is, I know that as a suicide and crisis lifeline. Um, They're available 24 hours and are available in English and Spanish. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of stuff available and, you know, don't be afraid to talk about these things. It's okay to normalize taking care of your own mental health. Um, it, it's okay to not be okay. And I, I promise you, somebody is there for you. You're not alone in this. Um, We're here for you. With, well, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, we want to talk about this crazy new headset that was just recently uh, <laughs> dropped on the world. Um, the creator of the Oculus, or the the founder of the Oculus, uh, what's his name? Palmer Lucky. Palmer Lucky. I um, think it's, yeah, Palmer Lucky. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Lucky. But he came out with this crazy headset that has, um, well, basically, if you if you lose while you're I'll playing the game here. with the headset, you're you're going to die. <laughs> it's meant to actually kill its players should they lose the game. And uh, Sammy, do you, Palmer, Nikki, do either, do you want to touch on this? Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to touch base more with Palmer Lucky. Um, he actually invented the Oculus Rift, the series, like the Oculus. He founded that. And then he went to leave to actually go fi uh, found Andural Industries. It's his own um, industry for defense technology. Um, so they focus on uh, autonomous drones and sensors for military applications. Uh, and so he's a defense contractor, and he was ranked number 22 on Forbes' 2016 list of richest entrepreneurs under 40. And so That's insane. He's he actually was, from Long Beach, too. Yeah. So if you could see behind me, this is Sword Art Online. And I know if you could see in the article, you see uh, Kirito's sword there. So... Yeah. For those Actually, who I have a bigger image. Have watched the anime, you kind of know that it, the whole premise is you're stuck in this VR game and uh, you can't log out of it. And if you happen to die in said game, uh, the uh, headset would uh, fry your brain with microwaves, basically. Yep. Um, Palmer Lucky wasn't able to use that technology but he has explosive charges in this headset <laughs> that's what that's the funny things are sticking out at the top i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he had to keep this under wraps and keep it to himself so the only way that he by himself was able to create a headset similar to the nerve gear which is the gear that's the headset that's used in sword art online mm -hmm. is he stuck these three explosive charges because he couldn't figure out how to create the microwave that will trigger at a certain wave frequency when and it the, was just the too big flashes game over exactly like without connecting it to massive massive computers so that's scary yeah. and um, you know absolutely um virtue you know we're happy to to try and promote being okay and being okay with not being okay yeah um so I thought this was interesting. Um, the Forbes article that I had up before had a link to Lucky's actual blog that he dropped, well, this, this most recent post he dropped on November 6, 2022. And the first sentence of that is pretty interesting. He says, today is November 6, 2022, the day of the SAO incident. Mm -hmm. Thousands of our VRM MORGP players <laughs> were trapped <laughs> by a mad scientist inside a death game that could only be escaped through completion. So it, it's really interesting to me that he was able to work on this and then have a prototype made up 
and announce it to the world on the same day as the supposed event in Swords Ours Online. Oh, he had that planned. Yeah. He <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Did. I think like when I first started watching this anime, because I only got up to Gun Gale, I didn't get any further than that. But Gun when Gale's I first, when I, yeah, when I saw the first episode, I was hooked when Kirito logs into Sword Art Online and um, he's, you know, doing missions or whatever with a friend of his. And then he goes to log out and there's no logout button. It's like gone. And they're all zapped to the town center and this massive dark figure appears and tells them uh, you have to complete this hundred level dungeon in order to get out of the game alive. And if you die, you die in real life. Mm-hmm. And I was hooked in the first episode and I did not even think the two days that I binge watched this anime that someone would even try to create the nerve gear until after I was done with it. And I was like, that's nutty. Oh, what if somebody actually tries to create this thing? That's going to be. I insane. haven't seen the abridged version of the Vixen. I, I, I'm interested, though. Oh, hey, didn't I see you last night? Hi. hi. <laughs> Who are you saying hi to? <laughs> um, I believe that is Alyssa's friend, uh, Pokemon's friend. Oh, oh right uh, yes, from mm-hmm. work. Yes, yeah. yes. I met her last night. Hi. It was Sorry I missed you. But yeah, so to have this um, be an actual thing is insane to me. But I I got to tell you, um, I'm kind of really intrigued. I am too. I am I, too. I am very intrigued. A like, part of me would really be like, hell yeah, put that on my head. <laughs> I would do that because I know that the only thing I'm good at is playing Pokemon. So unless it's Halo, but I still die in Halo. So you know that's like Yeah, if I'm not dying in an action game, then I'm not playing. So this scares me. Um, Not a game that I will try. So so like I play Diablo on hardcore mode. And when your characters die, that's it. You lose all the gear that you've been acquiring, stuff like that. Um so it's a roguelite. Yeah, it's roguelite. Like, you can never play that character again. And I like those kind of stakes. And this one kind of itches at me. I was like, ah, seems cool. So if I was offered a large sum of money to survive a game for a day, um, I probably would do it. Nope. Because either way, there's no way. (laughs) Money probably would not be an issue for me either way at the end of the day. If I was put in jail and I was on death row... And I had the option to be somebody's avatar in an actual live action game, that'd be a different story. Cause I'd have something to do. Oh, that's have you guys that's like that one movie. Gamer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Gerard Butler. That that's that's the only time I'd ever possibly do it. And if I survive the game, I get set free. Like, you know, it's like, (laughs) okay. But this is a device for rich people who have too much time on their hands and like to play with desperate people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely has purge vibes. Yeah, one hundred percent has purge vibes. So, surprise, guys! Um, we actually have a guest coming onto the show tonight, and his yeah. name is Sage. He is a gamer himself, and he deals with something called tri—I'm going to butcher this—trigeminal neuralgia, and it. that is a chronic pain condition that affects the the fifth cranial nerve. And it's one of the most widely distributed nerves in the head. So it's a form of neuropathic pain, I can speak. (laughs) And uh, it's often referred to as the suicide disease because of the extreme amount of pain that these people go through. Um, And unfortunately has about an 80% rate of mortality because of, you know, the, the extensive and prolonged amount of pain that they go through. So I want to bring Sage on because he has a very interesting take on this new headset and the possibilities that it brings to the table for the gaming community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Sage. All right, Sage, Hi, Sage. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Glad to have Glad you. To Thank have you so you. much for joining us. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> yeah. So um, my first question for you tonight is just, Tell us about you. You know, where are you from? What are you doing these days? 
Well, I'm from the Midwest, and, you know, I was in the Army, had a couple accidents, messed my back up, been dealing with pain in my back for well over a decade, had a scuba diving accident, and that's pretty much what set off the TN. Back when it first started, I just couldn't smell much, like anything at all, and it gradually got worse to the point where I couldn't smell anything. And that was in 2007, and then 2016 is the first time that I experienced the facial nerve pain. And then I got diagnosed with it in 2018. Wow. That, that's oh, a long that's time to go without wow. a diagnosis. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you caught it, but, um, you know, thank you very much for your service. You know, from, from one what to another, I very much appreciate the things that you've done. Yeah, yeah. it's the Coast Guard's birthday today, right? Yeah, exactly. Coast Guard. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how long have you been gaming? Oh, I mean, I grew up, I grew up on a farm and, you know, wasn't too many other kids around growing up, though I did like to game and, you know, so I'd say probably six years old, I'd be playing Zelda and, you know, the old Nintendo games. Yeah, Zelda. Yeah. But I didn't play too much while I was in the army. When I got out, you know, I started playing again. Nice. Do you have uh, any favorites? Game-wise, oh, well, I switched back to PC gaming from uh, PlayStation. And PC-wise, uh, RimWorld is an absolute favorite of mine. Daisy, oh, I've yeah. ran, ran some Daisy servers. And, nice. Yeah, been a great time. Nice, PlayStation very nice. PlayStation-wise, you know, God of War, the first one was amazing. Well, uh, of the Norse. Yeah, yeah I, I did play the very one. first one, and that was it. <laughs> I think the last game I played on PlayStation was Tony Hawk. So wow, it's been a minute. Oh my God. <laughs> the, last, the last game I played was either Croc 2 or Frogger, and that was the original PlayStation. So, oh man. Yeah. I, mean, I have a PlayStation in my living room. So, <laughs> I still play mostly Netflix on it nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question. When were you first diagnosed with with TN? Was it something that kind of crept up on you or? Yeah, it definitely it's... crept up on me between the smelling, you know, that was just, oh, I lost my sense of smell. And while that sucked and it wasn't fun, I mean, I didn't have pain until, shoot, almost 11, well, oh, about 10 years later. Started in 2006. Oh, wow. It hit me for about two weeks in the wintertime and it just floored <laughs> me because, you know, I, I dealt with pain for at that point in time with my back, I dealt with pain for seven years. And, you know, I broke my foot. And to me, a broken foot is like a four on the pain scale. It's, you know, my normal pain is five wow. above what a broken bone is. Dang. Which, would you say it's it's possibly similar to the way that fibromyalgia uh, affects uh, men and women? Are you talking about the numbers of... It's as far because I know... So my... I have a relative that has fibromyalgia and she, when she has pain, it's, it's much, much worse on a different, far different level than That's my mama. You know, what normal paid would be. So would it, would you say it's something similar so to I've, that? I've talked to people with uh, fibromyalgia. I can't say that word. So I'm not even going to attempt to, but I've talked <laughs> fibromyalgia. to people yeah. and why I can't say if the pain is equal, it, there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. I okay, saying, I was just gonna, I was just asking because that's what it sounded like. Is it sounded very similar, almost? Well, I think with uh, fibromyalgia, it's more throughout the entire body. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where no, it is. Again, You're correct. Yeah, the one nerve. You know, it's your facial nerve. It's for me. It's typically oh, just on okay. the right side of my face, but it's everywhere from the sinuses to my eyes to my ears, my teeth. You know, oh, I, I happened to watch that. Uh, um, so Desiree had sent us a TikTok. Um, yeah, and it was pretty graphic. It was somebody uh, experiencing a TN attack and it it did not look pleasant at all. That no. is something I would not like to go through. Have you ever seen Hell on Wheels? Yes, no. I have seen I Hell have on not. Wheels. No. Yes. I, I can't remember the name. It was the black dude, the, the one that was like the uh, he was. Uh, he worked as security. He was yeah, in the first couple yeah. seasons. And yes, never really yes. got in that. One of his last episodes, he was in. He got attacked by the bear, 
Hey, I was spoiler warning, I guess. But uh, you know, he was attacked by the bear. <laughs> yeah, and when he was recovering yeah, no, in the teepee. The okay. noise he was making, the way he yes. handled that pain, it was probably uh-huh. chilled to my chilled down my spine because that is the only time in media that as I have ever had, you know, seen somebody portray pain so well. You know, then the oh, same wow. noises he was making is the same noises I make when I'm in I'm bad. Oh wow. So okay. I would say that would be the best example in media that I could think of and see. Oh my goodness. That is crazy. Um so, I mean, so... it just speaks to him as how much of a good actor he is, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's experiencing this in his own life, you know. I wanted to touch on the correlation of the um the pain and um gaming and how 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 it's relating to what we're talking about with this headset here. Okay, sounds good. So, so, I'll go for it. How does how does gaming help with you as as far as your situation? Um, you know, is it a mental break? Um, the physical relief from being able to sit. You know, how is it that gaming helps you? And then, on that same note, how how would it not help? I mean, I'll, I'll speak to my back on the way it helps more so than the TN because with the back, you know, I can sit back and relax and, you know, it helps me with the pain far more video gaming does it than with facial pain because there's really nothing that helps that when it gets bad. But for my back, you know, it helps me, you know, A, distract me from the pain, you know, which does more sometimes than opiates. You know, your blood gets pumping because you're playing a certain game or you know, you're playing some games that are peaceful, you know, the relaxing aspect of it. And it absolutely 100% helps in that. Um, as far as the TN, it helps when it's the mild pain, not so much when I'm having the bad episodes. When it's the bad episodes, I just can't do anything. If that answers the question. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. All right. And then earlier when we had been talking, you had mentioned that there was um, – a study being done about virtual reality for chronic pain. Yep. Uh, there's actually been quite a few studies. The one that, and that the, I did read one that was back in 2017, but I can't remember the numbers on that. However, Harvard just did one in the last year to two years where they put up 180 or 179 people. Half of them had, you know, 3D VR and the other half had 2D VR. Now, I, I think it was over an eight-week uh, period of time, and it was people that were coming out of surgery. And out of the people that had the 2D, the, the fake study, it was 28% felt that they had over 50% of their pain managed. And then out of those wow. that had the 3D VR, it was 48%. So it's a blind study, and that's a 20% increase. So, I mean, that's quite substantial out of that high of a number. Wow. So Absolutely. my mother has fibromyalgia, and I have a an Oculus. So maybe I'll just send it to her. I mean, <laughs> see, when you're dealing with pain, I mean, I I would be very careful on how you broach that subject. You know, it's oh, yeah. never a good idea to be like, "Hey, I got a magic fix for you." It's more just like, "Hey, try this out. If it works, it works." For sure. The, yeah. the, the amount of people they're like, "Oh, just try this. This one will solve all your issues." There's a lot of, you know, snake doctors out there. You know, whether it's you know, hypnosis or mm-hmm. certain things, you know, I won't get For into sure. it all much because everybody has their thing that helps. And whether it's the mental, you know, distraction or belief, whether you know, all that. So, yeah. So I was looking at this article um, that was released by Harvard and right here in particular, it says in the past, a lot of providers were using opioids as a way to treat chronic pain. As has become clear in the recent years, opioids may have downsides and providers are thirsty for alternative treatments. That's why there's an increasing interest in this technology, and that's why we're studying it. So I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, that the alternatives in medicine are moving, you know, I don't want to say further from a a Western standpoint where it's just chemicals and pills and, you know, let's try this new drug out. Um, Mm -hmm. But now we're moving into the virtual setting where these doctors have created actual meditation, like guided meditation videos that are meant to fully immerse the the, the wearer, the player, um, the patient, I guess, um, into a, a world where it's it's quiet and tranquil, you know, 
running water, like little creeks, and um, it's supposed to be very relaxing. Now, do you have any experience with this type of um, medicine? Oh, I mean, I've been on a lot of different medication. I'm on a moderately high dose of opiates, and I have tried dealing with pain. I took myself off the high dose back in 2013. I tried a year without any pain meds, all voluntary, went through cold turkey all by myself. And I was going for my high dose, and it wasn't fun. But, you know, the pain was far more, far more off the opiates than it was when I was on it. So then I asked my, you know, the VA, the doctor, hey, I think I need to go back on it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you probably should. So I went back on my dose. And for me, and you know, right now there is a fear machine that's working against opiates because of the amount of overdoses, which are more related to street drugs than it is to patients. So it's the patients that are suffering because you have doctors that are afraid to prescribe. Even though you have, you know, the FDA, not FDA, excuse me, the WHO, World Health Organization, you know, they released the memo that started all this back in 2017 or 18. And, and they were warning doctors. However, they saw that doctors were taking it too far and the patients were suffering. So they actually made a counter memo that went out saying, no, you guys are going too far with this. Opiates are okay to prescribe your, to your patients. And I've had doctors that, you know, even though I'm in a lot of pain, they just, and they didn't know about what I was going through. They just want to take me off. it. And then and usually when that happens, I talk to the head doctor in the VA and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, here you go. So my whole point with that is opiates have their place, even with the fear machine. And it's more of the social users that are the problem. You know, that's where the fentanyl gets yeah. mixed in with the drugs yeah. because you're buying it on the street, you know. And my, me, myself, I've never bought on the street, and I wouldn't for that reason. Now, right. Yeah, that's definitely the safe way. Just now, take the prescription. To, like, the VR aspect of it, I would say both of them in conjunction with each other is, is the way to do it. You know, not everybody can take opiates. Some people, you know, whether it's their tolerances are so low even starting off that they just get sick to their stomach or whatever it might be, too dizzy, and they just can't use the medication. But that's just like any other medication, you know. But for me, I would just say it's good to have that, you know, you got to do your PT, you got to do your stretches, you got to keep your core strong, you know, opiates have their place and they help, but they can't be the only thing that one relies on for pain, you know, meditation, you know, I do micro muscle movements and that's what really helps me. Like when I'm dealing with some pain, I'm just stuck there and I can't do anything. You know, I'll just do little micro movements. I'll tighten my muscles up, just barely going up my arm, down my legs. You know, and little things like that help. But, you know. Yeah, and this portion of the article touches on that, too. Um, it says that the strategies used in VR for chronic pain reduction can include mindfulness, focusing on the present moment, meditation, guided imagery, or cognitive behavioral therapy, which is redirecting negative thoughts to positive ones. They're all used to control stress and mood. Uh, stress, anxiety, and depression, and fear all contribute to pain. A lot of evidence suggests that if you're able to treat those, you can help reduce the pain. Where VR might take these therapies to a new level is by putting them together and immersing someone into an environment where it's easier to focus. Now, is that something that you would agree with? Yes, 100%. I mean, yeah, I can't say really anything negative about that. You know, yes, it's exactly right. I, I wanted to bring up a point, if I may. You know, growing up, we all heard from our parents and, you know, other adults that video games would fry our brain if we played them too often and how they're not good for us and, you know, all this other stuff. But now that this has been brought to light and Harvard did that study and it's it's out there now, we're starting to understand and see that video games can actually provide a form of therapy um, and, you know, pain relief to people. So this, this makes me see video games in a different light more than I, you know, not that I'm immersed in them every day or anything like that, but it's, it, it's definitely like much different now. And, and it's, I don't want to say I hold a, hold video games to an, a, another 
like respect, I guess, but it, it definitely makes me think a lot more of, you know, could my guests at GameStop, because um, I'm, you know, I, I manage a GameStop, are they buying it? Because uh, I work on a military base. So my guests that come in, even my older guests, are they buying it because they need pain relief? Are they, you know, I can't ask these questions, obviously, but this is something that's definitely interesting to me, especially since I work every day with veterans, where they could be playing video games because they need some sense of pain relief. So this is very, very interesting to me, um, that it's quite the opposite of what, you know, we were told as kids about how it fries your brain and everything like that. So it's very, very interesting. I would add to that, and I would say, just remember, you can't always see the pain that somebody's dealing with, whether oh, they yeah. do their best to hide it, 100%. physical pain. Yeah, or, definitely. So. Mental pain, yeah. yeah I wanted definitely. to touch there on uh, the greatest virtues comment. One of my friends did studies on VR and extreme phobia therapy. So much potential. <clears throat> um, another person, I think, Limaria. Did I say that right? Um, honestly, uh, part of me doesn't want uh, augmented reality, virtual reality to take off. So we do have we do have a split in in our chat tonight. Um, yay and nay. Um, I think uh, what Sage was saying. There's there's a place for everything, for sure, and obviously with everything in moderation. I want to add on. Um, because you, know, you can't just deep dive into one thing or another and uh, wanted to touch back on what Sage was saying. It was like, you got to be careful how you approach these things uh, because it might be so much more to someone else. So I thought it was very nice that we got some awareness to, to some of these things. Uh, I really like Sammy was saying, kind of see things in a different light with video games. Um, a lot of people play um, all sorts of manner of different games, whether it's uh, like single player cozy games or, you know, m some more of the fun stuff like shooters, uh, time and place for everything and for everyone. So thank you. Thank you very much for, for bringing that to our attention. Yeah, no worries. Now, I do have a question. This headset, uh, the Nerve Gear, that was, uh, I guess, recreated from Sword Art Online, uh, what's, what do you think about the possibility of something like this existing as, as an option for people to actually purchase? So my, on this individual thing, if we're just talking about this headset, that uh, lucky created. I would say that it's more of a clickbait in this regards, that it's more of a clickbait of somebody just trying to draw awareness to, you know, meta. Cause that's who the Oculus was sold to mm -hmm. and meta has been yeah. going down. That is my opinion on this individual, but the subject itself, you know, I think in the future that, you know, Video games are only continue to grow until they're indistinguishable from reality. I think that's almost a given. No. Yeah. In regards to this headset, you know, and the headsets like it, creating it is the easy part. You know, anybody can go out and create it. You can just do a little modification to any of the existing ones. But the issue being the legality of it, you know, whether it's as you were speaking about earlier, you know, you know, somebody on death row or somebody dealing with, you know, chronic pain or whatever it might be, you still have the legality aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Cause like right now you just, the, the headset itself is only one piece of the puzzle. You still have the, the technology of the, in, the world itself needs to grow. And in five, yeah. 10, 15 years, I'm sure we'll be at that place where right now. Yeah. It, it, right now, I think it's just a clickbait to draw awareness. For sure, like, uh, yeah. this will not be for commercial sale. <laughs> yeah, it, it couldn't be. It, it, it would have to be for those daredevils or fear factor, like some sort mm -hmm. of thing, because you couldn't pay me a million dollars to put that headset on. And I know in the article he was trying to figure out a way to make it almost impossible to remove the headset from the wearer. 
So even if it was one of those like situations where somebody did put this on and they decided to bail, you couldn't remove the headset. You, you signed your death wish the moment you put that thing on, right. you know? So uh, while it's intriguing in situations like Sword Art Online and it's a fantasy aspect and we get to thinking, you know, what if, and then eventually sometime in the future, the future ends up like Ready Player One, which I'm sure a lot of people would probably enjoy, but not with a headset like this though, because at least in Ready Player One, you can take off the headset and at least you don't die when you take off the headset either. But when you take off the headset, it shows very much in Ready Player One, whether it's the book or the movie, that there is a vast difference between reality and virtual reality. And oh, yeah. you want to go to the virtual reality to escape your reality. And I remember that's how books used to be for me, you know? So the, the Harry Potter books in general were that thing for me, you know? So it, it's, I, I wanted to I'm highlight uh, the Firecracker <laughs> One's comment there. Um, they say, I think gaming has been demonized in a lot of ways, but there are benefits as well. The ability to problem solve, think critically, make in the moment decisions, creates faster reflexes, etc. There have been multiple studies on this um, that have proven the benefits to gaming. Um, and I agree. I don't know why it's so demonized. I just think, you know, there's that stigma of mom is just saying, get off of that thing. It's going to melt your brain, you know. And that's just been circulated because nobody bothered to do any further research from get get off the TV, get off your game. And so burn it's your just eyes been, out. I mean, just people been something that you hear all the time. Like, um, but I think... Yeah, I really think that uh, video games do kind of get a bad rap, and that's that's today. That's not. It's really not the case. Um, Al Capone says, "I also think there's a potential for another option for euthanasia, though not necessarily with small explosive charges. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. but uh, again, it's a so it's a very hairy legal area. Um, yeah, that could be how someone." could go would would like to would like to, to go to go in that way yeah certain countries yeah. do allow it though you know you have sweden and i believe the netherlands are two first world countries that do allow euthanasia which i agree with you know i think they should i and you have people from the states that travel there because it's illegal here but there it is legal you know and they don't that's, want to just take their own life and they'd rather have a doctor do it for whatever that. That's something I didn't know. That's interesting. And I might be a segue for my next question. Actually, so this you know this is a more difficult question. Um, you know, it's a very very touchy subject, um, and I, I want to ask it. You know, with the utmost respect being conveyed, but given that your condition has been nicknamed the suicide disease um, because of the mortality rate that you see with it due to the extreme amount of pain. Um, what, what is your personal take on something like suicide through video game or assisted suicide through a video game, you know, using something like this new VR headset um, as, as a way to an end? I would say before we talk about the suicide with the VR, let's just focus on suicide and the Sigma with it and then address the VR aspect. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, being a, you know, in the army and whatnot, there's been a lot of my friends and it's upwards of 20 people that have killed themselves in varying different ways over the last 10 years since I got out. And even this week I had two people that I know back home committed suicide, not veterans, but close friends back in the day. Now, the very first suicide that I saw, you know, I was in El Paso, and we had a medic that in trailers, that's what the, where our barracks were during these, well, we had about a thousand trailers, and we had one soldier that, you know, he didn't show up to work coming out of in-processing, even he was missing for like, oh, a month, but nobody knew he was missing because it's in-processing, and I walked by this trailer every morning and every night, 
you know, I know what a dead animal smells like, and that's what I smelt. And I just figured it was like, you know, a rat or something, raccoon was underneath the trailer and it died. Walked by it every day for about three weeks. And then we found out that we were missing somebody that never showed up from in processing. And me and my uh, E6, we went in there. And his AC had burnt out, which happened a lot because of how hot it was in you know August in El Paso. And at that time, I still had the ability to smell the most, you know, extreme smells. And that was one, one of the, you know, you walk into a body that's been in that kind of heat, it's not in a good condition, and it, and it has a very distinct smell. You know, that was one of the last major smells that I smelled. And that's something that, you know, it sticks with you. Now, and it definitely, you know, got me thought, thinking at the time, you know, all about it. Kind of hard not to. Now, after I got out, and, you know, it's multiple brothers that I served with, you know, they've killed themselves. And the thing that the pattern that repeats is they always shut off the world around them, you know. They stop talking to friends. They stop talking to family. And they just shut out the world. And I think that is one of the worst things because there's that stigma. So people don't want to talk about it. But they should. You know, as you were saying earlier, you should talk to your friends and family just to talk to them. You know, you get their opinion on things. But in my case, the way I see it, you know, when you have reached the point where, you know, your terminal, for whatever reason might be, you know, and you've made that decision. I think it's far better to talk to the people around you and be like, hey, this is my plan. I'm going to, you know, X amount of time has passed, you know, for me, three years. You know, after that three mark, year mark, if it hasn't gotten better, then it has no chance of getting better, you know. And that's one thought that, think, thought that gets me through the worst of the pain is not today, on this date. Only if it stays this amount of pain. And that's really the only reason why I'm still here today. And wow. for me, you know, I'm very open about it. And uh, there's only a couple people that I know that are close to me that have the issue with it, even knowing that amount of pain I'm in just because they can't handle the thought of it. But I would say the other 80% of people that I've talked to, those that are close to me, they understand. You know, they see it. And I mean, I'm not going to live till I'm 80. I'm not, I mean, I'd be, I ain't going to live till I'm 40, you know. And if I am, I mean, why would I stick around? It's, you know, why do we pit the elderly in nursing homes? It's not for them. It's for our own peace of mind, you know. And, it's true. I never thought about it that way. I mean, 100%. If you have somebody that's dealing with bad dimension, they can't remember this and buy it dealing with extreme amounts of pain. I mean, I'm sh sure everybody has seen an elderly member that sits in a nursing home. And when the, they get to the point where they, they're no longer lucid and they're begging to die, why do we why do we let them stay like that? You know, they just sit there in a personal purgatory in hell. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the most selfish things about first world this day and age. It's not for them. It's for the family around them that are just selfish, in my opinion. But yeah, it's a very interesting, refreshing perspective. Really, yeah, I, I appreciate you really being open and honest about that because it's, you know, th there is truth to it, and it it's a painful subject. You know, nobody wants to have to say goodbye to their loved one, but like you said, it on a level it is due to a certain amount of selfishness because we're not prepared to lose the ones that we love. And, you know, it's, it's really a matter of what's best for that person, their situation, you know, your family. And it's, it's a hard decision no matter what way you, you look at it. But I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so really as mommy, you know, she's a, uh, she says, that's why I work in home care, because I feel nursing homes are death sentences. And, you know, my great grandmother was in a nursing home. Um, she had, I don't, I, I think, I believe it was dementia. Um, but I, I mean, I can remember going in there to visit her and seeing that her, her bed was a mattress on the floor because she was a fall risk and her screaming and crying out in pain, begging them not to move her, not to touch her and standing there, you know, I think it was my first year of enlistment and just in tears because there was nothing I could do. And it's, it's hard. It, it's just a hard thing. This, uh, this, when you, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Des. 
Oh, no, go ahead, Sammy. I was, I was going to move on. Honestly, this gives me another new respect for my parents. My, my parents sold their dream, home, their dream home when my grandma got dementia. And they moved into a 55 and older community to take care of her because they didn't want to send her to a nursing home. And she was very happy down to, you know, I, my mom would tell me about, you know, the dementia and every now and then and how it was. But, um, you know, the last thing that I did when I saw my grandmother is she loved to hear me sing all the time. And the last thing she asked me to do was sing her a song from the Prince of Egypt, which was one of my favorite movies. And um, she passed away that same week. And, uh, but she went peacefully um, and in a home surrounded by one of her children and her daughter-in-law. So, you know, it's, I, I would never put my parents in a nursing home if that ever came to it. Now that, you know, what happened with my grandmother and the way that you, you know, were saying it's selfish of people to just put, you know, the elderly in a nursing home to get them off their backs. Cause that's what it sounds like. You know that's what I mean? True. Like they don't want to have to take responsibility and deal with it. But, you know, it's, you know, my parents are, you know, some of the, you know, best people in my life. And that's, you know, they were the least selfish people that I, that I know of taking care of my grandma as they did to sell their dream home and move into a community that's 55 and older. And when they weren't ready to do that yet, you know, so it's definitely, I'm trying not to cry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, um, um, my, my. My just our upbringing for I mean I'm I'm Filipino. It's, I know it's a little different, but like we always take care of our own. Like I would never, I mean I would never see any of my family members in in a nursing home. That is just it's just not a possibility. That's not how we are as people. We always take care of of each other. So that's. Yeah, it's really rough. Like I, I, I remember going to visit my own great grandmother, great great grandmother in a nursing home, and I just didn't understand why she was there and we couldn't take her home. It's just other other family. But I wanted to highlight Al Capone's uh, as a cheer. He says, "I respect your outlook, Sage, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak out about this. It's a tough subject to talk about, and you're strong to be able to speak out. Thank you." Uh, thank you for those words, man. And just to kind of reroute us back to the second half of that question, um, you know, the, the idea of being able to make that hard decision for yourself through video gaming, um, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, definitely. And I mean, I wouldn't just say for myself, I think it would actually solve a lot of issues, um, whether we're talking about, you know, uh, lethal injection instead of doing that, which is a gimmick in itself, considering how much a lethal injection costs, you know, for those on death row. I mean, it's an obscene number, and it's all mm -hmm. about making money. That's all it is right there to, you know, you know, school shootings. You know, why do the why do a lot of kids go out? Because they've given up on life, and they want to be remembered, even if it's the most heinous way to be remembered, you know. Now, if they had an outlet where they could do something they enjoy and go out, you know, with the risk reward of playing, you know, a VR headset that has that risk involved. I think more, I think the percentage of school shootings would go down drastically. Um, that's, that's an interesting parallel. I would have never, never drawn that parallel at all. And that brings to, I was watching a thing on, I can't remember his life. I think it's like Elliot Roger or something like that, uh, where he shot up a deli um, with college students in it because he wasn't getting the attention he wanted from girls or anyone in that matter at all. And he wanted to go back to his childhood, but his he wanted attention. And the thing that he did was he, he took a gun and he shot up a, a college, a deli that was full of college students. And, you know, that was his, you know, last hurrah, I guess. It's just, that's, mm. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> do it. And I think, I mean, I don't want to get into politics, but yeah. 
you know, just taking away the firearm wouldn't solve anything because there's all, you know, if you look at countries that have taken away firearms, they, I mean, there was just a few years ago, there was in Japan's, somebody took a knife and, you know, they went through, I can't remember if it was a nursing home or, but it was something like that. It was a style of dormitory and they went through and they cut up and injured well over a hundred people and killed at least a quarter of that. You know, and the big argument is, oh, no guns are there. You know, if you just have a knife, you can only, you know, stab one or two people. And that's simply not true. You know, or you look at what happened with Japan and their prime minister. You know, they don't have firearms, but somebody made one. You know, the knowledge is there. So I'm not going to speak too much more on that. I'm just saying, you know, the big argument is just get rid of firearms and you'll solve school shooting. And I strongly disagree with that. Where there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That's just human nature. But I was, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the idea of, you know, if, if that were a route that I wanted to take as a gamer myself, um, it, I don't want to say it's, you know, a better option. Um, I'm not sure that there is a better option, you know, in those words or those terms, but it, it does seem like it could be another choice for somebody to take their life into their own hands and do with it as they see fit. Because it, it is well known that video games do produce endorphins and dopamine and, you know, make us feel better about, you know, life in general. Um, you know, that it, it brings that positivity for us. Um, so the idea of going into a game, knowing that, this could be the end and the outlook that I'm potentially searching for. Um, you know, knowing that it would be on my terms is oddly satisfying because again, it would be on, on my terms and not through, you know, more graphic ways, you know, for my friends and family to find me alone and deserted, you know, this could be something that could be planned out and it's just, Sorry, I'm, no, I'm trying definitely. to not be insensitive about it because it, it's it's a very serious topic. And no, I mean not the way I see it, you know, the reward, risk reverse reward. And I would say, yeah, I mean, I think it would be amazing. We already have blood sports, you know, we've had them for thousands of years, and they're still going on today. You just got to get on certain sites on the dark net, and you're gonna find some blood sports, which is you know another term for. Glad- gladiatorial combat, you know. You know, like fight to the mm-hmm. death sort of situation. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's going on today, you know. And obviously there's the legality aspect of it. But, you know, to introduce a less bloody way of doing it, that it doesn't matter how disabled you are, you can still go out with the, you know, that risk versus reward with, you know, a very intriguing way to go. You know, I would 100% try it out. If the risk versus reward is right, and if, you know, the entire setting of it was correct. And I think, you know, in 10 years when we have AI created video games and some of the worlds that will be created, I think, and then when you have brain interface devices, just the technology that is right around the corner, I think there will be some really amazing things on all sides of the spectrum regarding video games. Yeah. I I mean, video games aren't going anywhere anytime soon. That's for sure. Right. right, Well, we are at our hour mark. So Sage, do you have any final thoughts for tonight? No, I I think I have spoken all that I can think of speaking about. Other than, well, I will say this. One concern I would have for things in the future would be, you know, what's the best way to work this? The software and how that would affect, you know, children and kids. You know, what if somebody gets a hold of a headset and they're trying to play on their parents or whatever, you know, and say that some developer put a logic bomb in the coding. You know, and then you have a kid that meets those standards and he goes in to play a video game on his parents' VR and then he gets stuck in a world that if he takes it off, it kills him, you know. I would say that would be a concern, the possibility of logic bombs being put in the software that does allow 
for, you know, say everybody that's connected at a certain time, they're all of a sudden they're stuck in there, you know, and if they disconnect or if this happens and that happened or this happens, now they're dead. I would say, you know, that's something that, you know, the argument of open source coding versus closed source coding and software and hardware, you know. Yeah, and I actually had to look up the term logic bomb earlier. So for those of the, those of you that are unfamiliar with it, uh, it's listed as a piece of code intentionally inserted into a software system that will set off a malicious function when specified conditions are met. So that's, um, yeah, that, that's definitely a concern that I had as a mother. You know, um, the analogy that I used earlier when I was talking about this is, you know, you think back to those ads that they had and, you know, the, the 80s and the 90s where the, the little boy is in the closet with his friend and he's showing off his daddy's pistol that's hidden there. Um, you know, fast forward to 2032, 10 years from now, you know, who's to say that this stuff doesn't hit the black market and now you've got kids that are interested in the VR headset that mom and dad have hidden in the closet and, you know, we unfortunately lose a child to that. So it's it's definitely concerning um, that this could just be out there for anybody to pick up because, you know, the black market exists. People are able to obtain things in so many ways and you know, it's, it's scary. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just goes back to, I think everything could be open source. And it's one of the reasons why I like Linux programs and Linux phones because they are open source, you know, and I think that as corporations, you know, they want to have as much control as possible. But you always have those that like to take things apart, you know, and see exactly how it works. And that's the best way to protect from logic bombs and other issues with software is the ability for everybody to see what's going on on the inside. And, yeah, so I would say that's how you would protect from the kids getting a hold of such things. But, uh, yeah, I think that was the only thing I really had else to talk about. Thank you for having me on here. And I'm always. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. So, thank um, you very much. Yeah, Sage, if you just want to hang out for a few minutes in the green room, um, we're going to go ahead and move on with this giveaway and um, our closing notes. And then we'd, we'd love to chat with you for a few minutes if you have the time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again so much, everybody. Um, if you missed it in the beginning, this is Sage. He is an Army veteran and a gamer and our wonderful guest tonight. Again, thank you so much for all of your thoughts and, you know, honest opinions and, and being raw with us. It, it It's interesting to think that something like this could have so much impact on the gaming community. And it's a very different element to the gaming community that's not thought about very often. So, again, thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you for your service as well. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll be with you in a few minutes. All right. Okay. So, everyone, take a deep breath and. That was very heavy. That was, that was, you know, it's, it, it is a lot, but it's, it's one of those things that you don't realize has such a, a potential impact on the gaming world. Um, it's not something that's widely discussed. And this really felt like a great way to, to bring up mental health and, you know, disabilities and, and diseases that you don't necessarily think about when you think of gaming and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful that we were able to get a firsthand perspective on that tonight. This Sunday, we're going to be at Solaris Bar in Marietta, um, helping out with an event that's being hosted by Cardboardia. And then on the, is it the 18th or the 19th? Uh, the 18th, we're going to be doing a makeshift ladies night at Ready, Set, Game for their grand opening. So we'll be doing a, a like a learn how to play kind of night for Magic the Gathering. And then Saturday is their actual grand opening event, and we will have a booth there. They're going to have a lot of goodies. So if you're in the Menifee area, please come check it out. We'd love to see you. Come say hi. Take some pictures. We should have our new spin the wheel spinny prize thing, Wheel of Fortune. Um, And just (laughs) one more time, you know, like we said earlier, if you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, there's... You're, you're not alone in this world. Um, everyone hurts at one at some time, and we want to make sure that you're getting the help that you need. So here's this one. And then, Nikki, what was the other number that you had mentioned? 988. 